I think the biggest thing that you would probably get out of this is understanding what your audience is talking about and developing customer insights. I think that's one of the hardest things for any sort of marketing strategy is getting good insights from people that aren't your customers that you think could be potential customers. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, where we help B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. Building a captive audience of the exact people you want to reach is a heck of an achievement for any manufacturing organization. Very few things are more valuable than the attention of your future customers. Yet the small percentage of manufacturers who actually manage to earn that attention will often squander it because all they see are dollar signs. In our conversation today, my duo of guests are going to unpack a concept that is definitely out of the box and may even seem a little bit foreign, but it's also a very powerful concept that anyone listening can put into motion, and that is building and fostering an online community. These two, who also happen to be my coworkers at Gorilla76, will talk about what an online community is and why it's not a place to sell product, as well as what your motivation as a manufacturing leader may be for building and facilitating one of these inside of your own business category. Let me introduce them. Peyton Warren, strategist at Gorilla76, thrives in community building. After serving as a client success executive, she shifted into strategy in early 2022. In addition to helping clients stay ahead of competitors, she's also a host of Industrial Marketing Live. Peyton's holistic approach to marketing is informed by her diverse background, from grassroots campaigns and hyper-growth startups to international nonprofits and distribution networks. She's seen how focus and strategic use of resources can build brands and drive results. Prior to joining Gorilla, Peyton worked at Aptigy, a fast-growing ed tech startup, sourcing talent and teaching school districts how to distribute messaging and build their brands. And in 2016, she campaigned for Senator Bernie Sanders, wrangling a press from coast to coast. Peyton later continued this work with Next Gen Climate, where she earned media, where she earned media in the crowded swing state media market. As an active CSA member, Peyton managed the largest multi-farm program in the Mid-South. On the weekends, you'll find Peyton exploring her local farmer's markets, cappuccino in hand with her husband, John, and their rescue pups, Zulu and Charlie. Brendan Forrest, senior strategist at Gorilla76, is focused on driving real business results. He revels in translating technical product and solution information into meaningful messaging for today's B2B buyer. Before joining Gorilla, Brendan was an in-house marketer for industrial manufacturers. His career started with inside sales at contract manufacturer Proto Labs. 
His next role was leading marketing efforts for semiconductor test equipment at Microcontrol Company. And after this, he joined Graco Inc. as a marketing manager for process transfer equipment. In addition to his marketing career, Brendan is a staff officer in the Army National Guard. When not nerding out about marketing, you will find him nerding out about history, reading large fantasy novels, or getting pummeled by his children. Peyton and Brendan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here too. Pummeled by your children. I can relate Just to that one, my friend. Constant. Constant it wrestling. Never, it never <laughs> ends. It never ends, especially the the almost six-year-old boy for me. That's where that's where I take most of my hits. Yeah. The almost seven-year-old packs a wallop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That extra year I imagine will make a difference. Yeah. Here, so um, all right. Looking forward to that. Um, well, it's good to have you guys on the show. Every time I, I bring someone from our own team on this show, I think, geez, why did it take this long to bring you up here? So I apologize, but I'm happy to have you both here. Go ahead and be here. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, let's start with a simple question here to create some context for this conversation. What the heck is an online community? Take it away. Yeah, I, I think it's just a place where people with similar interests gather online. You know, like um, kind of think of like when you're at your college, right? And you, uh, you sign up for all the groups. Like it's basically that, like you find people that have the same uh, interests as you, and then you just hang out with them and you talk about your interests. Well, the internet just made that a lot easier. Uh, there is communities for everything and everyone. Uh, and they're all over the place. They're on LinkedIn, they're on Facebook, they're on Reddit, they're on Twitter, uh, they're on forums, uh, they're, you know, companies host them, regular people host them. They're, it's just getting together with people that do the same thing you do. Yeah, it's not much different than a community that you did engage with in quote unquote real life, mm -hmm. you know, just happens to take place online. So some of these communities that you might be more familiar with are like, you know, a mom group on Facebook or a Discord channel for a popular video game. Or maybe some of the listeners here are familiar with, you know, our community of industrial marketers that that we host on a biweekly basis. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like um, in our personal lives, this feels maybe no, more uh, something that's a little more normal for us or something we're used to. And I think you know, the concept of applying a, an online community in a business setting might be a little bit of a leap for some people. So we're going to, we'll provide a little context throughout this conversation that will maybe help our listeners grasp what this could mean for them, which is really the, the takeaway I want to do is just sort of plant that seed and mm -hmm. let people start thinking about how they can apply this in their own world. But I think to, to start providing some context, um, We'll, we'll do our shameless plug for industrial marketing live here, but um, I think it's a good example of like, okay, our audience is mid-sized manufacturers, right? We're an agency that works with mid-sized B2B manufacturers. And there are, you know, this show is largely designed for leaders of that organization to help them think about things differently, you know, talk about new ideas, um, automation and robotics and industry 4.0 technology and exit strategies and sales and marketing and things that matter to them. And then we have uh, industrial marketing live, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a second, where we essentially help the marketing job titles inside of that company in a more tactical way, um, you know, strategically, but also very tactically uh, you know, how mm -hmm. to do different things in their job better and, and um, 
interact with others who are in similar roles and other companies. So talk to us here about, you know, assuming that our listeners don't know a thing about what Industrial Marketing Live is, can you kind of frame it up for us and talk about how it got started and how it has evolved into, into really a true community? Yeah. Uh, well, when Gorilla started Industrial Marketing Live a couple of years back, we were thinking, you know, about just supporting the professional development of industrial marketers in the space where we work. We saw that there was a gap and we got the sense that, you know, just through having conversations with these folks on LinkedIn, that we could have deeper conversations and do more education um, to support them in their roles, whether they work with Gorilla or not, right? It would just all ships rise sort of mentality. And uh, we started just with a, you know, webinar. <laughs> and we started to get the feeling though, that even though folks were getting value from the conversations, there was like a barrier up between us. Um, and it was, it was like a traditional webinar, right, Peyton? So it was a yes. slide deck format. Um, you could only see the speakers, right? So you're only seeing like the host, uh, you know, the gorilla strategist hosting the show. Uh, so you didn't see anybody else really in the feed, um, you know, showing their cameras on. So it was very much like a presentation almost instead of like a, a an event. Yeah, a lot of talk, like one, maybe two talking heads, a slide deck, and very little engagement, uh, very little, you know, communication that's happening outside of just outward communication on a particular topic. Um, and, you know, maybe we got a few questions at the end that we would address. We just read them off and then keep on going. And, and you know, it was just an information dump sort of thing. And it was not necessarily the conversation we wanted to be having. Um, and it's a similar conversation that manufacturers are having, right? Like whenever somebody's putting out a webinar right now, that's what every manufacturing company does right now is they go and they create their huge slide deck. They talk about their products only and they hold questions to the end. Um, and then they don't let people come on video, right? They ask the questions in the chat and then it gets asked uh, on, you know, from the moderator to the host, right? So it's very much a us to you conversation instead of an actual dialogue. And it's funny because like we're marketers and we see this happening and we're, we're living it. We're like, oh my gosh, we're, we're falling into this trap. Mm -hmm. um, so we took a step back and we just said, how can we change this? We want to hear from the audience more. We want to foster communication back and forth, create a feedback loop um, so that we can understand better the challenges that marketing professionals in the industrial space are having. So we as an agency who wants to support the industrial marketer can, can do that better, you know? Um, so we threw the traditional format out the window. We set up a regular Zoom meeting, just a normal one, like what we're recording this podcast on right now, where we could see our faces, um, see everyone's faces. And uh, we invited cameras to be on. We invited folks to speak up, um, have casual side conversations in the chat, tried to minimize the stuffy feeling of just like, a, okay, I'm going to sit here with my camera off and eat my lunch during this product pitch sort of <laughs> situation. And um, yeah, we invited folks to just talk through the challenges, challenges that they were having, share their experiences with us and um, each other. And I feel like the energy just completely shifted mm -hmm. into a new direction. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Brendan? Yeah, uh, we started doing this around the beginning of 2022. And you can like see like the rise of engagement 
through that process. And it's almost, it's like almost impossible to keep up with the chat now uh, because it's going by so fast. Uh, people are hopping on uh, the numbers of people that are engaging with the events are growing. Uh, so we like we keep hitting new records for people joining, which is incredible. So we're seeing a lot of new faces. Um, so that's been yeah, it's been super cool. I think that that change to just open it up and have a conversation with people and invite them on. And it's not even people getting invited on to ask questions. It's people getting invited on to provide their opinions and their thoughts on the topic as well. So we're not sitting here saying like only guerrilla strategists know how to do marketing in industrial companies. No, mm-hmm. our community has a lot of really good marketers in it and they have a lot of really good feedback and things to say. And so we invite that conversation to happen. We, we don't want to be the end all be all for industrial marketing expertise. We, we just want to foster that conversation. Um, and another way we've done that is extend that conversation past the online event. And we've now opened up a Slack group. Um, Slack is just a you know a business communication tool uh, that you can invite people to. And so we just opened a space up for people to join and pay what you probably people every single day in there asking questions and talking. Um, and like we're doing some like cool, fun new stuff that we can maybe talk about uh, in the future with that. Um, but yeah, just and it, it was all just organic growth. Like we didn't set out to say like at the beginning of 22, we're going to do a Slack group. No, that happened. It was just like, well, we need a place for people to talk outside of this event. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just been, it's been really fun. It's been super energetic. And it's probably, I don't know if you'd say the same thing, Peyton, but it's probably my favorite thing about my job right now is just, you know, facilitating that group and, and keeping a space open for people to talk. And I, I know like as my background in industrial marketing, I felt so lost out there. Like I felt like I was a ship without a, a lighthouse anywhere. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and that all changed when I found, you know, Matt Chanella at putting out IMLs and talking about his expertise. It's like, okay, so now there's somebody out here talking about how to do marketing for industrial companies. Um, so that was super refreshing. And I'm really happy now that I have the opportunity to do that uh, for Gorilla and for industrial marketers of the world. So here you are actually um, leading or co-leading these events now yeah. after it was the original way you discovered the company you now work for. So yeah, exactly. that's kind of a nice little side note for sure. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. Um, so all of this sounds great and it is because I see it happen firsthand, but we're of course a marketing agency, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking to manufacturing people here on this podcast. So I want anybody listening to be able to visualize how something like this could work in their own worlds and with their own organizations um, as they think about, you know, how do we engage the people we are trying to reach and influence and be a resource to, are there examples of communities you've seen in the manufacturing sector? I have a few in my back pocket, if not, but I'm curious if there's any that um, that you guys have seen out there that you know may not be exactly the way we do industrial marketing live for our, our audience, but you know ha- take on a similar approach of um, bringing together the people they're trying to reach, being a resource to them, providing a venue for them to converse and share ideas and help each other. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest objections we get. Uh, when we start talking about doing digital marketing for industrial companies is that my audience is not online. You know, the people that mm. are my customers do not do anything online. You know, they don't, uh, you know, they're working on things all day. They are not, you know, on Facebook, they're not on LinkedIn. Um, so I don't think digital marketing is going to work. And I think that is a uh, misguided thing to think here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we've seen, you know, Joe, like with this podcast, like there's definitely a lot of manufacturing leaders out there uh, in, on LinkedIn and on Facebook, you know, working on social media and there's a lot of people uh, that are even like operators that are on social media. So I just like, 
right before the show, I went on to Reddit and Facebook and looked at some groups out there. So our engineering is 141,000 people in that community. Our mechanical engineering has 76,000 people. Our electrical engineering has 138,000 people. And then in Facebook, so now like, so those are engineers. Okay. So professional people, white collar people. Yeah. They're, they might, they might be on the internet. And that's what in what like, setting Brendan real quick. That, that, that was, those are all on Reddit. That's on Reddit. Okay. Yep. Okay. Right. Great. So like that really is not like a company hosting that, you know, that's just like sure. some engineers that got together and said, well, let's create a community to talk about our jobs. And they but post- at the same time, if, it, if a company said there's a missing community for the people yes. we're trying to reach, there's yeah. no reason a company no couldn't reason. Right. Exactly. Or the, you know, CEO or some leader at your company could kind of be the one mm-hmm. driving that initiative. Exactly. And, and it's, yeah. So we'll, we'll get more into the company's role later. Cause yep. I think there's a way to do it wrong too, but keep going. Tell, yeah. So we talk about so, Reddit. Where else? So on, so on Facebook, uh, there's groups for, uh, and so when I was at Graco, I joined these groups to learn, like to do customer research uh, on my, on my uh, target audience. Mm-hmm. So industrial maintenance technicians, 38,000 people. So those are people that are like wrenching on pumps and machines all day. Well, guess what? They go to Facebook when they go home and they talk about their work because that's what they're passionate about. Water, wastewater plant operators, 22,000 people. Lean manufacturing, 11,000 people. Injection molding, 81,000 people all on Facebook groups. So there is a community for your specific niche somewhere. And if there's not, there is a gap and there's an opportunity for you to create a community and get people talking about the work that they're doing. And I think, Joe, we have some other examples from like... um, (laughs) you know, weld.com's Facebook group, uh, industry 4.0 club. Joe, is there any other ones out there that you're aware of? Yeah, well, I'll hit on those two real quickly. Um, we, we jotted them down as examples. So yeah, weld.com. So um, some of you listening may know who Todd Klauser is. Um, he's He's been on... Um, on this podcast, uh, I don't know, probably about a year ago, he works at a, another agency called Refine Labs. But T- Todd's like the ultimate community builder. He had, when he, earlier in his career, started Weld.com when he was working for, uh, I think it was like a welding equipment manufacturer distributor. I, I forget which company, but they started Weld.com. There are now 290,000 people following Weld.com's mm-hmm group on Facebook and I just scroll through the feed and there's, there's content constantly being posted. What weld like welders are very active digitally. Like that's a, that's an example that people don't realize this, but you know, helping each other, showing different types of, of welds and like examples of them doing stuff. Um, there's a lot of that, how that happens in welding and machining, et cetera, with people on, on the so, shop floor. So the, I think the thing that we could say is everyone is active on social media. Yeah, right? well, like, there's not also- like There's not a job title that's not active on social media. And also uh, everyone likes the feeling of helping somebody else get to where we've all struggled. (laughs) We've all been there. We've all tried to learn. Um, And, you know, not everyone has to go through the school of hard knocks. If you can have resources and have mentors and get connected with others who've been through it. Mm -hmm. So why not try and reach out? That's what you're seeing. All of these folks are reaching out to others maybe who have more experience on Reddit or Facebook or mm-hmm. just following along on the weld group, weld.com group. Yeah, that's, that's a great build there. And then, so, you know, we've talked about what um, Reddit and Facebook being venues for this. Now, another, another group that I've seen um, that is, has done some really cool stuff. They invited me to actually do a, an event with them a while back, but is industry 4.0 club. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's just so much going on with IIoT and, yeah. um, you know, AI and 
what's going on with robotics and, and stuff in manufacturing. And so there's, um, there were a few people, I know, I think Martin cloak may have been the first one to, to kind of get this thing off the ground. And I had him on the show talking about it a while back, but there, there's been a handful of people, um, whose names you'll probably recognize as you, you know, scroll through your LinkedIn feed, but they, I don't know exactly how they're running it now. And I think they've shifted over to LinkedIn. It began on, um, on uh oh my gosh i'm blanking on clubhouse right clubhouse clubhouse thank yeah. you yeah that's how fast clubhouse has moved out of my mind but <laughs> uh, but you know clubhouse was a, a platform that, that got really hot you know a year and a half ago or so and it was essentially like live audio discussions where people mm-hmm. could pop in and out of conversations but um the, the the point i'm making is not about clubhouse it's about a, a group of people with interests around a similar topic that would come and talk. And they were doing it, I think, daily at lunchtime for a long period of time. And it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a presentation. It was okay, we're going to talk about this today. And, and you know, the facilitators would plant a few seeds, and then it would just be an open dialogue, and people would share thoughts and ideas around various, you know, topics within a, inside of sort of industry 4.0. Um, I think they've moved that over to LinkedIn Live now. Um, but that it was a very active community. Sometimes you'd see a hundred plus people showing up and, and participating in these conversations and then, and then they'd record them. And um, so I, I think that, that kind of just gives you some ideas. I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to hit on, on, on that topic or. Uh, I, I just want to add one thing. I think it really speaks to like the strength of the community that it doesn't matter what platform it's on. Mm-hmm. It's like the fact that industry 4.0 could start on one platform and completely migrate community of people who are maybe different countries, different states, different, you know, segments of the industry all move with them because there's so much value that's been created that they'll follow the conversation wherever it goes. So that's the goal, right? That's like what you're trying to build when you, when you set out to build a community is something that's stronger than, you know, maybe the venue doesn't matter where you host it. And, and we've seen that with IML, right? Like IML started as a, a Zoom meeting, right? So we use email to talk about IML and get people, you know, invited to that. And then that meeting happens on on Zoom. Uh, we also have a Slack channel like we talked about, right? So like that conversation then transitions over to Slack. And now mm-hmm. that conversation then also transitions over to LinkedIn. Like we don't have like a LinkedIn group page for IML, but it just happens naturally in people's feeds, right? Where people in IML come and post and comment on stuff that me, Peyton, Mary, Grace, you post Joe, right? So like our community is like, it's not like in one channel, it's in multiple channels. And I think that's also good, right? Like what if, what if LinkedIn goes away or what if, I don't know, podcast or like zoom will ever go away, but like, you know, you insulate yourself away from like being so focused in on one channel where well, it could just go away or become super ineffective for some point. Um, but yeah, so that's been the cool thing with IML is it's just kind of, it's everywhere now. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's important. You guys are making a really good point, which is, this is not about the platform. It's about um, where can we bring people together? And I think you need to really, you know, you need to understand your audience and how and where they like to consume information and meet them there. Because, yeah. you know, if, if, if your audience is, if the people you're trying to reach and influence or maybe build a community with are you know, males in their fifties, like you're, 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 Facebook may be the perfect place versus a younger, you know, if your audience is 23 year olds, um, probably not going to be where you go. And so I think it's understanding, uh, just understanding your audience and going to them. You know, we use Slack as a 
a place for communication, which is probably something pop used used by a lot of of marketing people, because mm-hmm. um, our our audience is marketers. But I know we also run into some barriers where like there are firewalls preventing people from using Slack in their jobs. And so some people will be excluded, but so it's not going to be, you know, it's not gonna be perfect, but I think making some of those decisions around who your audience is, is a really important consideration. Yep. Totally agree. And like some places I would not sleep are TikTok and Reddit. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like people are very active there. Um, We haven't really done much on TikTok with IML. uh, So I don't know like how it is like, you know, communicating back and forth, but it's, you know, a place for you to share content from your community is you know, to, to promote your community. Um, so I, yeah, I would not sleep on some of those non-traditional channels right now. You know, both of you talk to a lot of manufacturing leaders in your jobs. Um, you know, being an agency, we work with multiple companies and I'm curious to hear from your perspectives. Are there certain themes or potential topics that you've recognized that you think could warrant an online community? Oh, Joel, there's so many. <laughs> like I would say like sustainability, um, energy efficiency or energy savings, you know, climate change, um, you know, sustainable manufacturing practices. You talk about supply chain challenges, the labor force issues. That's what um, I was going to say, Brendan, is like yeah. the, you think about just a way to connect people across the manufacturing sector. It's like, wow, the yeah. labor issue. I feel like that's come up on this podcast so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, QA, QC things, lean manufacturing, uh, industrial controls, automation, robotics. Um, God, yeah, there's like, in, even and then just getting down to like injection molding or, you know, clean water or, um, you know, like MRO. You could talk about things like environmental health and safety in your company. Uh, like safety would be a really big one if you're like a company that like, there's also probably communities for some of the stuff that's already out there. And I would say, don't be afraid as a company or as representatives of your company to go and be participants in a different community. Um, you know, if somebody, if there's already a very active one, like to think like you're going to create this next one, that's going to compete with it. You might be able to, I would say you probably need to start. We'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but if you have a different POV than that other company, then yes, go and start something new, but don't feel, don't be afraid to join other communities and talk about what you're learning and what's happening in your space too. Payton, yeah, do you have any other ones that you think are out there that, you know, some themes that stick out to you? I mean, the one that's at the very top for me, like the theme that's just overarching is definitely around labor, but Mm -hmm. I would totally agree with what you said, Brendan, of don't, don't be afraid to go out and join something that already exists. Just start contributing to the conversation, you know, add value um, to that conversation uh, and just kind of see where it takes you. And maybe you will start to see that there's an opportunity to you know, branch off and do something to articulate your point of view a little bit more clearly um, than what already exists. Uh, you know, I, I we see this in the marketing space. There's tons of podcasts about marketing. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not room for another. Right. You know, um, you just got to make sure that you are um, talking about something in a new way, in a different way. Um, and that it's actually, I think it's what's really important when you're doing a community is that you've got the feedback from them. So you're hearing from the folks who are participating that, wow, that was such a great session. I got so much out of it. If you're hearing that sort of feedback, then you're going in the right direction. Just stay the course, mm-hmm. um, let it grow slowly and yeah. uh, just, just, just keep pushing forward with more and more relevant content. 
for that group. I, I would say on top of that, don't be afraid to like niche super far down and get really specific. Like, you know, we have a community for industrial marketers and I, you know, I think we kind of gear things towards, you know, the marketing coordinator, specialists, manager roles. Um, you know, so people that are probably like two or three years behind, like where me, Mary, Peyton are at in our careers, right? So like to like as they're coming up into more professional discussions with leadership, like start giving them some ammunition. But you know, think about like things like when you're doing your paid social targeting, you know, for running ads on LinkedIn, like you want to get really targeted, right? So you're talking to engineers in this specific industry with these specific skills. That might be a really great place for you to start. Um, building a community, right? So there's probably a community community out there. Like we talked about like mechanical engineering on Reddit was 76,000 people. You might see them and say like, wow, I will never have a community that's almost 100,000 people. But, you know, IML is only what, I think 70 people right now on IML Slack and, you know, 50 people that show up regularly on uh, Zoom. Like, so like we don't have like the biggest numbers ever, but we still think it's a huge success for Gorilla and for our community. Uh, we have a lot of really smart people that are providing insights into their jobs and it is super helpful with the size that it's at right now. So like, look at like starting a community, like mechanical engineers that work in automotive, uh, you know, that are, you know, CAD designers in automotive engineering, like that is a very specific community, but you probably will provide some really great insights to your audience uh, when you get super specific like that. Great stuff there. So I imagine that when a business leader is first introduced to the idea of an online community, whether it's right here, right now on this podcast, or it's something they've thought of before, it's probably pretty tempting to think, great, now I've got a place where I can go push our products. What's wrong with this mindset? No, no. <laughs> like, uh, that's, that's great, you know, um, but no, don't do that. Um, I think a strong community is one that puts the whole ahead of the individual. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want the group to grow, you need to continue to give, to nurture it selflessly, um, not try to take from it or mine it for resources or prospects. As soon as you start to do that, you're going to be undermining the growth instead of fostering the growth. Um, and so I really think the right mindset here is one that fosters growth. So ask yourself, like, what can we learn together? How can I learn from you, the community participant? Mm -hmm. um, is there something that I could share that this group would appreciate? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're thinking about it in that way, um, you're going to continue to build up the space. Uh, it's it's not that different than any other social gathering. You know, if you are hosting, you know, a party and you start to kind of get weird, you know, you're reading the room. Uh, what do people want to talk more about? Mm -hmm. What makes them uncomfortable? How can you continue to foster a community where folks are comfortable sharing and um, participating in what's going on? Not one that starts to exclude people. And when you start to really try to push a product, folks feel like they're fish in a barrel, right? Mm -hmm. um, a little bait and switch that happened. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to do that. You want to be, if, if you're promising a community, give a community. Don't switch it out on people and, and make them regret that they shared their contact. Peyton, that reminds me of the office episode where they're at the house party with Jan and Michael. And then Michael asked Jim and Oof. Dwight to invest in the in Jan's candle company and how awkward that was, right? Like that was not a good party. 
No. Worst party ever. That's, oh, that's no. one, one of a couple episodes of The Office along with Scott's Tots that I cannot yes. watch on repeat. Oh, God, it's horrible. <laughs> so funny, though. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's that feeling, right? Yeah. Like something is sucking the energy out of a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I would just like, like to all the manufacturing leaders listening to this, do you are you a part of any communities where they are constantly pushing products to you? Probably not because those communities suck. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you see that happening too, yeah. like this is where I think it, we haven't mentioned this yet, but it's really important to have somebody who's responsible for mm-hmm. the community, like an admin, if it's an online community is what they're typically called. Or moderator. Uh, you know, the host, if it's a party, you know, yeah. but it's the same role and, you know, their role in, in that in that instance is to stop that from happening or maybe help steer the conversation back into a productive direction. Um, And sometimes the role of the community admin is very much to protect the space and say, just plainly, publicly, maybe even in the same thread, like, hey, thanks for sharing that, but that's not what the space is for. Yeah. Or just delete it and say that's you know goes against the rules of our community like almost every single community on reddit has a post like there's no self-promotion right because it automatically creates a toxic environment and people will leave and not participate in the community if they're being like peyton said being you know fish in a barrel and getting shot easily so just make that a rule for your community and delete posts that violate your rules Mm -hmm. like you have to keep that a safe space for people otherwise they're not going to participate because they're feeling comfortable and you you'll basically just kill any momentum that you have yeah so all of this sounds super interesting. It also sounds like a lot of work, which I know it is because I watch you oh, guys no. and what you do. But um, so here's here's a question, though, I have to f- kind of follow up everything you just talked about, which I 100% agree with. If the number one rule for facilitating an online community is no product pitches, then what motivation does a manufacturing leader who's listening right now and thinking about maybe I should start a community what motivation do they have for putting in the time and effort to build and facilitate this? I think the biggest thing that you would probably get out of this is understanding what your audience is talking about and developing customer insights. I think that's one of the hardest things for any sort of marketing strategy is getting good insights from people that aren't your customers that you think could be potential customers. And so don't go in there and start saying like, buy this product, but ask them like, what problems are you having? What challenges are you having? You know, here's things that we're learning. Are you learning the same things? You know, what's important to you? Uh, I think that is probably the best way for you to go out and start creating content for your campaigns to actually sell your product. Uh, so you can learn a lot about your audience by having a community where they are coming in and just talking about their jobs. Like that just seemed like the perfect way to get insights like that. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think the core motivation is in creating a community is to create that steady feedback loop between a buyer persona that's important to you and in, in your company mm-hmm. and in yourself, you yeah. know, um, something we preach constantly here at Gorilla and just in marketing is customer research. So much like what Brendan said, you're getting those insights, you're getting opportunities to, um, you know, build a, a bank of people and, and dig a very deep well that is going to just continue to flow with insights to you. Um, So if you can continue to learn from your community, you can continue to influence how your product is developed to better serve folks in that community. You can continue to develop how you are going to actually have sales conversations when the time comes, you know, and also it's like the network effect, like maybe the folks who are in that community don't um, 
want your product or need your product right now, but if they've had a good experience with you, whether it's a personal connection or, uh, you know, a business connection, they're more likely to, you know, pass your information along to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, just making sure that you're creating a feedback loop. And then uh, the other motivation is just building a space that folks want to invite others to. Yeah. So it continues to grow. And then that feedback loop gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. And I would say on top of that too, you know, if you're going to start a community, I hope you have some sort of point of view on your space. Like we have a, a way to do marketing. We have the gorilla way of doing marketing and you know, it's demand gen focus. It's creating content. It's building trust. It's building expertise. It's doing thought leadership. And we want industrial companies to do that sort of marketing, right? Like I don't, I don't know how long I'm going to be at Gorilla, but I would hope someday I would go to a company that has the same philosophy of marketing that Gorilla has, right? So I want to get that philosophy of marketing out into the space uh, so that we can start, you know, increasing the level of marketing, making it easier for us to have client conversations, um, right? If, if people are listening to the content that we're putting out and understanding, okay, so Gorilla does has this way of doing marketing. So only people that want to do marketing the way Gorilla does works with us, right? Um, and then, you know, we just continue to spread that information and in, in that point of view to the world. Uh, it's just a great venue for us to be able to do that without like, you know, being within our client conversations. Great stuff. So I, I have always been a fan of just getting started. Very few people or companies will have the resources to come out of the gate and launch the perfect online community. Mm-hmm. Certainly not how it worked for us, right? We, it mm-hmm. was it was kind of one step at a time, and but you know we just got started one day, and um, so I also think that most of the people listening right now are probably fully capable of taking the first steps yeah. in building one. You two have both been through this before. What can our listeners do to simply get the ball rolling? So I'm a fan of the web series. I, I think a webinar type event is great and you can start small. Um, I would say not just one, but you know, a small series, maybe you do it a summertime series or, you know, a fall program of some kind where you have three to six or, or maybe nine events spread across a period of time with in your desired theme topics that support that. Just create your Zoom event, invite your desired audience, host your first event, and then take little tidbits from that event and share it out, invite them to the next one, Mm -hmm. continue to grow and foster the folks who do attend, even if it's five people, you can have a solid conversation with five people, you can have a more intimate conversation with Mm -hmm. five people. So just facilitate a valuable conversation and then reshare it invite and do that over and over and over at the end of your series, you know, your, your, your trial run audit it, say, how did this feel? This feel like it was valuable for us. Did it work? Should we do another series, you know, and just continue to, to try that out. Um, We did that with IML for almost two years before we launched the Slack group. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we were nurturing an audience and uh, I'm not saying it's got to take that long for you, um, but, you know, it, it, it was a just get started kind of thing for us too. And uh, I think if you can just have that first Zoom conversation, have that second Zoom conversation, you really uh, get to see the momentum uh, and you'll get excited to keep it going. Yeah. 
Um, I would say before that, make sure you, you have some sort of point of view or worldview that people are interested in hearing. Um, I don't think you need to go out and start, don't create slides, you know, just have a conversation. Um, and then, you know, reach like most industrial companies have a pretty good network of people, right? Like they have a large email list that they might not even be sending emails to, but, you know, use that as the first place that you invite people to like, Hey, you know, we want to start this conversation. We would love to invite you here. And then just tell them straight up. There's no product pitches here. We're just going to talk about energy. We're going to talk about sustainability. We're going to talk about labor issues. We're going to talk about auto, like whatever your theme is. Just tell people that's what you're going to talk about. Tell them what your your topic is, and invite them and have the have the event. Like I, I think, and then just and then just do it. I agree that the the live event is a really good place to start. Um, you know, you most of you have an audience of some you know in some capacity. You've got an email list. Start with your email list. Like create an event. Yep. Do, I like I like your advice about um, how we shifted from using like the Zoom webinar platform or something like GoToMeeting or. WebEx or something where it's like you're in presentation mode, but that is, that's the wrong mindset. So can you just open up a regular Zoom meeting? I'm sure most of you have Teams or Zoom and have access to that. Schedule a regular meeting, send, describe, you know, in a paragraph what you're going to cover or a handful of bullet points and invite people to just show up and participate in conversation. Um, you know, a few, few kind of quick fire things here. It's not about your product. You're not doing a product pitch webinar. You're talking about a topic that matters to your audience because you hear it all the time. Turn on the webcam, encourage your attendees to turn on the webcam. You guys mm -hmm. talked about that earlier. It's it's how you humanize this and, and yep. take, again, move away from presentation mode. No PowerPoint decks. Or if you want to throw a few things up on, on you know, examples, fine. But we're not doing the bullet point PowerPoint yep. deck thing. Nobody and wants pull to it, like Make your point with the visual and then pull it back down and get back to the camera. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The camera, and then the cameras are, are the main thing you're looking at. Um, encourage questions during yes. this, like prompt people. If you've got a couple people on your team running the event, one person can kind of be facilitating the conversation mm -hmm. and the other person can be, you know, looking at what questions are coming in and, yep. and then remind people, Hey, drop your questions in here. Like we want it and then pull them in, uh, or mention them or say, Hey, uh, Hey, Bill saw your question. We're going to get to that in a few minutes, or we're going to swing back around to that. Don't worry. We're not forgetting about you. I, I love that. I remember when, when Matt Chanella was kind of leading IML, that's something he was always really, really good at doing and advised on. Um, personally thank your attendees after send an email out after with a recap, send a link yep. to the recording, make sure you're recording these things, but thank you. Thank people or reach out to them on LinkedIn and, and just send a direct message and say, Hey, really appreciate participating. In it. Or, you know, you asked a really great question today. Thanks for doing that. Like, do you think it was sufficiently answered? Can we elaborate on that in any way? Um, and then I think something that you, that will naturally happen. Like we have a, a Google doc running with our team now where it's, it's all the questions we get and we're just, yep. We're logging all those things and what a perfect way to figure out what to talk about in your next yeah. event or other events down the road. Yeah. The questions that come directly from the mouths of the people you're speaking to. And when you see this question asked in one form or another five, six, seven times, that tells you something about what your audience wants to hear about. So, so right. much of this is, I think it's about, you know, when you stop talking so much and listening mm -hmm. um, and letting others participate, it's, it's the best market research you'll right. probably ever do. And like, you know, Joe, you asked that question earlier, like, what does a manufacturer get out of it? Like, like that's just perfect content for your organic and paid social mm -hmm. strategies as well. Right. Like, yeah. you, you know, you read like Marcus Sheridan's, they ask you answer. Well, they ask you in your live event, then you go and answer it on social media, you know, answer it in the event, but then also go and answer it on social media, you know, put that like, that is, that is primo organic content for you. Um, and it acts, it does two things. It shows that you're an expert 
you're building trust because people see like people interacting with you and then you're promoting your, your community. So you're killing three birds with one stone. Talk mm-hmm. about efficiency. <laughs> Love that. Well, this was an awesome conversation. We could keep going all day, um, but we won't because, um, you know, people have got stuff to do, I guess. Right. Um, so can each of you just tell our audience how they can get in touch with you individually and also where they can learn more about industrial marketing live. I think it's a good, go check out industrial marketing live. Not, not because, you know, even if you're not the right fit for it, like, yeah, send your marketing person. We'd love that. But also if you want an example of just how this happens in action, you're welcome to stop in and, and just mention that. Say, hey, I listen yeah. to your podcast and I just want to kind of observe how you guys are doing this. We would welcome yeah, any we of you that. to just come come check it out. So, um, but yeah, t- tell us how to get in touch with each of you and and about Industrial Marketing Live. Yeah, so my DMs are open. So feel free to, uh, you know, hit me up on LinkedIn, um, answer any questions that you have. Uh, check out IML. So industrialmarketinglive.com is where you can register for, for Zoom and get in contact if you want to get to the Slack group uh, to see what's happening in there. And then we also have a really big announcement for Industrial Marketing Live. Uh, We are launching a podcast. Uh, The Manufacturing Marketer is going to be going live on September 20th, and Joe is going to be our first guest. So we are very much looking forward to that. Uh, You know, we're going to have a conversation. Peyton, what's that conversation going to be about here? Um, Let me just pull it up here. So how to uh, reposition. For for next week? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about how to reposition the role of marketing with your CEO. Yeah, so we're excited to have that conversation and that, that will go live onto the podcast. And for the rest of the year, we're talking about creating a marketing plan, um, how to use brand as a differentiator, uh, lessons learned from software, email marketing, and then we're going to finish off the year with uh, Ask Me Anything. So ask you know the IML team anything about marketing. So we have a really uh, action-packed uh, Q4. So we're super excited for that. And we have some big plans going into 2023 as well. Yeah. And, you know, for me, just feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Peyton Warren. Uh, you can also email me. That's probably the the quickest way to get in touch. I'm not quite as active on LinkedIn as everybody else at Gorilla, but uh, just Peyton.Warren at Gorilla76.com and be glad to talk to anyone about community building. I, I love doing this sort of thing and all, all different kinds of walks of life, you know, whether you're doing this for something personal or with work, I'd love to support your effort. So feel free to reach out. Well, thank you both. Your passion comes through loud and clear here. And it was a pleasure having you guys on this conversation. We have plenty of plenty of talks behind the scenes um, about all this kind of stuff, but it's fun to do it in a public space where yeah. ho- hopefully we've, my goal is that by listening to this, some of our, our audience will, it will at least spur some ideas, like yeah. get, make them think a little bit differently about how they can reach their audience and engage them and make it about the um, about the people they're trying to reach. Um, and you know, the, the product pitch thing follows that naturally without you having to even try when you can do a good job being the best resource to your audience. Um, I can promise you good things follow naturally from that. So, so thank you both. Appreciate you doing this. Thanks Joe. Appreciate it. It Thanks Joe. Awesome. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. 
If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.